What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mission Suite podcast. I'm Ian Campbell. I'm CEO of Mission Suite. Welcome to the Insight Series from the Mission Suite podcast. This is a podcast for people who are new to sales, where we'll be interviewing sales leaders all around the country for insights for the best practices, how to work through struggles, and how to stay motivated to build more successful sales careers. Today, we're, we have Michael Peebler, VP of Sales of Atlas IED, and I am happy to have him here with us and giving his wisdom uh, we had met and talked beforehand, and I I was able to take away from just that conversation. So I'm happy to have you here, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me. No, absolutely, Monica. Glad, glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to, to visit and talk about sales. This is great. Yeah. Um, so first, let's get started on where you're from and how you got into uh, what your business that you are in today. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I live in the Dallas, Texas area, uh, just north of the airport in a little town called Flower Mound. Um, so born and raised Texan, but I've traveled all over the world. Um, my career started a little different than most people um, in our industry. Um, I was actually a music education major in college. And so I was a junior high and high school band director for eight years. Um, and then for various reasons, I just decided to see if I could go do something else. And, uh, I loved my kids. I loved the work that I did. And, uh, I ended up trying to figure out what can I do? I, I grew up pretty poor. So I started working when I was 15. So I started writing out kind of every job I'd ever had and narrowed it down to what did I do that I liked? And, uh, and what I found is I really love to teach still. Right. And so I joined a group called American Society of Trainers and Developers and ended up getting a job at a company um, as a trainer. And 17 months later, I took over as the director of training and I ended up being at that company for 17 years. And through that, I got a lot of experience uh, building up new teams and new agendas and got moved into sales through that process. I, I did business development and then got moved into sales uh, roles. And then uh, that company got acquired and we went through a pretty big cultural shift. We went from moving really fast to raising our hand to get permission to go to the bathroom, uh, which was a little too slow for me. So I bolted and went to a small company and then we got acquired by a really, really behemoth company. and. They made that other company look pretty fast. And so I left and I came to Atlas ID as vice president of sales. Um, I was looking for a company that was privately held that wasn't interested in selling because obviously that had happened to me a couple of times and I hadn't loved either experience. And I wanted a place that had a culture that I could believe in, uh, that I could hopefully go build that next 10, 15 year run like I had when I started. And so I've been here, well, it'll be four years in October. So almost three and three quarters years. So something like that. Congratulations. That's, that's a big accomplishment. I mean, <laughs> that um, from our conversation beforehand, you have quite a lot of experience. And just from listening to that, um, you have a lot that you went through and been through. And what, what would be one of your... One, sorry, 
Um, what's your advice for people that are first starting out and what, what you wish you knew when you first started? Yeah, you know, I think, I think, first of all, people need to realize that sales is education, right? As a salesperson, we're there to um, identify people that have a need that aligns with what we sell, whether that's a service, whether that's a product, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's something, you know, reoccurring as a service, if it's a one-time event, whatever. So we're there to try to help solve a problem. People are looking for something and we're there to solve that and in the process, sell the product that we do or, or that we make or that we sell. And so um, it's really important that we understand that a huge part of doing that is education. And if you're going to educate someone, right? There's a couple of things you need to be really good at. First and foremost, you need to be a great listener. And, and I found in my life that that's the one thing we don't teach. And that's where being a band director, boy, I think that really helped me because as a musician growing up, you know, I, I practiced hours and hours a day from about age 12, 13 years old, right? And you have to learn to really listen. And in conversations, it's no different. And if you're going to listen to what your customer is going to tell you, you've got to be able to suspend judgment. You've got to be able to just listen and let them lay out the pathway for you. And if you, and if you do honestly ask good open-ended questions, which sounds kind of old school, but it really is. If you answer yeah, ask yes or no questions, they, they usually don't tell you anything but yes or no. But if you ask good open-ended questions, they'll give you a pathway. And if you can listen through that without already going, oh, I'm going to say that. Oh, I'm going to, oh, oh, no, no, he's going down the wrong path. Oh, if you can shut those voices down in your head and really be a good listener, then, then there's a really good chance you're going to be able to take them down the path that you want to take them down. And the last thing I would say is that if you want to be a good educator, you need to be a good student. And that's hard. So you've got to be willing to listen to your mentors, to your coworkers, to other people that are doing it better than you or differently than you. Um, I love getting my teams together and getting them to talk to each other because I watch one person, you know, I get to travel with all my sales reps, right? And I watch one person talk about a product and I hear them say stuff and I go, ooh, that's good. I got to make sure I say that, right? But when they're all together, that same thing happens and you get somebody who's who's just doing a fantastic job and they hear somebody else say something and they go, that's a brilliant way of saying it. I'm taking that piece. But again, you have to be a good student and you got to be a good listener to even hear that somebody might be doing it differently or better than what you're doing. Yeah. And being that good listener, listening now and actually showing that you care, being genuine about being Absolutely. that solution. I believe is that gives it gives that conversation a quality that not with people with an objective of just to sell you something and yep. it kind of gets rid of that I always refer to it the creepy car salesman yeah, yeah absolutely that just wants to upsell you and yeah, or, yeah. Uh, get the benefit of you just buying so I really like that you're main focus is on actually helping people by just listening and seeing where you can actually have that solution for them. Absolutely. When you go to buy something, you want that person to be an enabler. You want them to, you know, not an obstacle. And I remember the first time I went to buy a car and um, 
And, and so I, I go in and you pick the car you want. And then all of a sudden you end up, you know, through the process, you end up in some finance guy's office in the, in the car dealership. And you're going, okay, look, I have uh, information from my bank about my loan rate that the bank will give me. What loan rate will they, will you give me? And the guy was like, now we're not telling you that. I'm like, I'm not signing any pay. He wasn't enabling the cell. He was an, uh, an obstruction to the cell. Right. And I ended up walking out of there and not buying the car because they wouldn't enable the information and the things I needed to know to be comfortable to say yes. Right. So it's it just you, you're right. You got to be willing to listen and enable the opportunity for your customer to buy. And it's not even so much of making that sale like the most that you can make out of that sale. And it's more of how can I help this person? And even just make a sale, even if you're not earning a huge commission off of it, you, that person is still going to recommend more people to you because you treated them with such gen, genuine motives. And, and I, I always believe that referrals from your clients are probably one of the best referrals that you're going to get because it's to their family members, to their friends that also really trust them. And if they're well taken care of, they're going to share that with other people. They're not going to keep that a secret because they also care about others and want them to be taken care of. And so I think the circle goes around with that. Yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I would even take it one step deeper and say, you know, again, back as a musician, there was there's an old saying that practice makes perfect. And when you get into the musical world, what they teach you is no perfect practice makes perfect, right? A lot of times people practice poorly. When we sell, every sales opportunity is a chance to practice, right? It's an art, right? We're developing our skill set. We're learning how to navigate the customer. If you do a, a crappy job, if you're a crappy person to one customer, you're practicing doing it wrong, but you're enabling that as being part of who you are as a salesperson, right? And I don't think you should ever let that, if you really care about this and you really want to be good and be successful, even on bad days, even in, you know, when you're grumpy or moody or the customer's a jerk, we've all had it, right? You never want to not take the high road, right? You shouldn't be abused. You can just end the call, you know, or, or, or the discussion, whatever. I'm not saying anybody should put up with being abused. But, but there's just, you should never go, oh, well, I don't like that answer and then get snipey or get, you know, become unprofessional because why would you let that into you? Why would you allow yourself to practice being that kind of salesperson? You would hate dealing with that kind of salesperson yourself. So why would you ever become that person? Even for one second, it's, it, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I believe it, if it's a more emotional situation where, I mean, and this is in different industries that are those necessities of the sales. And I think that mindset's a little bit different for when people have to buy something and they have to deal with the sales rep, that attitude can change with those sales reps with being like, oh, well, I'm going to make the sale anyway, so I can act however I want or mm -hmm. say whatever I want. And even if that is the case, you still want that referral, don't you? Like you Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Again, I would never do it. I would never encourage it. I'd never allow it. 
right? I, I mean, if I ever saw someone on my team from a sales leadership perspective, taking that kind of attitude, if a customer came to me and said, I want you to know, and it's happened, right? Where customers have called me and said, hey, I had this experience with someone on your team. First thing I'm going to do is apologize to the customer and do what I can to take care of them. The second thing I'm going to just call my, my person and depending on what it is, it's going to determine how we, that, that outcome happens. But trust me, we're not tacking, we're not having that conversation a second time. Yeah. Right. The second conversation is I wish you the best of luck. Right. Just because to me, a bad attitude, a bad culture, a, a bad example poisons the rest of the team. So it's not popular and it's not talked about, but I just, I don't have any patience for that kind of behavior. I think it represents the company poorly and it poisons the rest of the people in the team. Yeah, and from our past conversation, talking to you about how you lead your group is pretty outstanding. And I really like how you do that. Uh, It's very rare to find that type of relationship that you have with your team. Instead of being the actual manager and managing people, you're actually leading them and guiding them to where they need to be. And that I believe that makes the team stronger in the, in the long run and being able to actually have no surprises and, sure. oh, yeah. <laughs> and those hard conversations are a lot easier to have, even though uh, those conversations are necessary at times, but with, in the end, it's not going to leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth because there's actually going to be a solution and not, just a, a resentment or just a hindrance of une, unexpressed emotions in the back because you're just telling them what to do and not actually sitting there and listening to your own team. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate your kind words. I, I think, you know, part of the reason that I'm able to manage my team the way I am is because we've really hired for culture, right? And, and so, and I, Every sales manager has their own culture. I don't think there's right, a right one or a wrong one. Obviously, there's some that may not be a good fit for me. And there's some may, that may not be a good fit for salespeople. For me, I know what I believe in and what I work best in and the people that are going to most likely prosper under my leadership. Um, I know what their style is. And so I interview for that. And that's that willingness to learn that, you know, that, that, tenacity to get told no a lot right because as a salesperson i tell people all the time if you close 40 percent of your deals they write songs and put you in a chair and carry you around and sing songs about you right i mean like it's 40 a 40 percent closer and that kind of success rate that's huge that's incredible right most people are in their 30s somewhere that means you're getting told no six to seven times out of every 10. So you got to have a tenacity, but you got to have some elegance about how you handle that. Nope, that didn't work out. Boom, I get, I'm moving on to the next one, right? A little Teflon, let it bounce off and, and keep moving because it wasn't a good fit for whatever reason, that wasn't the right opportunity. But the next one, next one's going to be it. And, and so I've been able to hire and build a team that had that kind of culture and keep people on that were there that that believed in that as well. And it's given me the freedom to really lead 
the organization. And, and I'm, I just, I couldn't be more proud of the team that we have and the organization that we have. And that's all the support groups. That's not just the salespeople because for us, it's, it's tech support, it's customer service, it's warranty and repair. It's, it's the people on the shipping dock, right? In a supply chain world, all of those, the people purchasing your product, they all matter. And if everybody has the same attitude and belief system and desire to take care of the customer, boy, you can do some really cool things. And I really just think that's amazing how you do that. It's really impressive on having that type of mentality from, and I'm sure that it's been worked towards, but going into a job with that mentality and knowing what you want and how you want things to be run in a such a flow that complements each other that I believe that you doubled your sales because of that. And, yeah, yeah. And building your, building your team off of the culture of respect and being able to grow off of that and having those relationships with your team members. I, I'm sorry, I said that a couple of times, but it really is impressive to me. No, I appreciate it. Again, yeah, no, look, we've been able to be really successful. And uh, yeah, I tell people all the time, I have great friends at a number of our competitors and mentors at competitors and, and that kind of thing, because it's a small industry. You know, we we worked in the same space and I didn't answer that at first. So the Atlas ID is an audio manufacturer. So we sell audio systems. So we're in about 80% of the large airports in the United States, just to give you a simple example. So everything from the white zone is for loading and unloading to now boarding group two. Those are Atlas ID systems. We do a lot of stuff in schools, uh, big, big projects like San Diego Unified and Detroit public schools and smaller schools and schools all over the United States. Everything from Bell and PA paging systems to mass notification in case of emergency, which unfortunately today, much more important, much more relevant than ever before. Um, but audio in restaurants and bars and, and all kinds of stuff. It, it's amazing. When I got into the AV industry, people kind of thought, you know, AV pocket protector, um, you know, you're too young for this, but, but, you know, sliding in the overhead with the pocket protector and putting in high school kind of thing. Right. And, and now go anywhere, go to any downtown, go to any school, to any university, to any restaurant, you've got visual stuff. You've got audio stuff everywhere. And so we've got great friends and great at, at a lot of the competitors, but our belief system is always that none of them are our competition. We are, right? Are we the best company we can be today? And, and that's what we talk about all the time. As, as, better, as much better as we are than we were yesterday, which is what we want, that the continual process improvement, right? Are we a little better today than we were yesterday? As good as we are from that perspective, we can still look and go, wow, look at all the opportunities that we have, right? We, the, the joke expression is we're, we're in an opportunity rich environment. We do not lack for opportunities to improve. And that's a cool feeling that everyone sees that as much success as we're having, boy, look, at, we could be so much better here, so much better there. And that when your salespeople are calling and saying that, they're not calling and complaining, they're calling because they care. 
right? They're calling and, and that's the hard thing as a sales manager. Sometimes you're like, can you just work the system and quit calling and tell me how it can be better? But people that are calling and saying it could be better is because they believe in the opportunity and they believe in what you can be. And they want that to be the best experience possible. So. Yeah, and we are creatures of habit. So sometimes we just get stuck in a cycle of wanting to do the same thing over and over again. Uh, insanity, I think that yeah. <laughs> the definition. Uh, but with that, we to reevaluate yourself and see how you can be better today than you were yesterday, it builds that thick skin to be told no as well. So yeah. like how, why... Why did they tell me no this meeting? Why did they, why did the, this deal fall through? Where can I improve? What can I say better? How can I listen better? And to actually have a, a boss, a leader to actually walk you through how you could do better or where you can improve is amazing because that's how you grow as a company. And just as a team to have, that resource to have such an awesome bus to actually walk you through those steps. And, and I just want to say this real quick, and, and I appreciate it again, really kind words. The whole team lifts each other up, right? We, we, when we have calls that are just myself and the, the regional sales managers, we talk about a word that nowadays, it's always been a weird word to talk about, right? And, and uh, I think I, we talked about this the other day but we talk about vulnerability. You have to be willing when you get on these calls to be vulnerable. You can put your Wonder Woman or Superman outfit back on after the call right, and go out and start conquering the world just like you have. But in that meeting, you gotta be willing to drop all the guards, right? And find out why something's not working for you. And so that means when we're all on the calls and one person says, hey, I'm really having trouble with this. I'm, I'm not having much success doing this. That's a vulnerable statement. You gotta be willing to admit in front of your peers, you're not good at something, right? And that's the culture that we built is the ability to do that and have somebody else go, you know, I've tried this and I've had a couple of times where it worked. You know, I used to have that problem, but then I thought about this and I had demonstrated this way or I do a little better or I try a little different or I, and, 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 there's no judgment in that. It's a judgment-free zone, for lack of a better term, where we can all talk honestly about how do we improve. It's not Michael's got all the answers. I'm not out there doing it every day. They are, right? And so I let them lift each other up. And the beautiful thing for me is I've seen every one of them be the teacher, and I've seen every one of them be the students. And, and I talk to them individually all the time and they'll all say, oh, you know, when so-and-so said that, oh, man, that just, I just, that was a light for me. And I've been trying that and that's really made a difference. That's how we get better, right? Is, is the idea that all of us can be both teacher and student. Yeah, and can I ask how often are you having these meetings to reevaluate with your team? Yeah. Sure. So we meet every week, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. for an hour. So I know a lot of companies do Monday morning meetings. We tend to be on plane Monday mornings, planes on Monday morning. So when I started here, I told the team, look, I will meet anytime you want to meet. I, we can do it at seven in the morning. And my team stretches every time zone, right? So I'm like, look, we can meet 
first thing in the morning, we can meet at the end of the day. I'll do anything you want to do. But for whatever that one hour is that you agree to, you can't miss and I won't miss. And so uh, short of someone being on you know, vacation on PTO or being sick, no one misses that meeting, right? It's like I, last Thursday I was in St. Louis, I caught a 7 a.m. flight out of St. Louis to make sure that I landed at DFW in time to get here, to be back at my desk for that 10 a.m. central meeting, right? So we have that meeting every week. Now, we do two variations of the meeting. So they alternate by week. So one week, I have every organization that interacts with the sales team, with the actual sales people, right? So I have representatives of marketing, uh, product management, customer service, warranty and repair, uh, all the different leader, all the different groups, credit, uh, anybody that touches the sales team, right? And that's an hour long meeting. And it's a chance for them to address anything they want to address to the entire team. And what that does is that keeps that whole piece of the organization, right? We're not engineering, we're not operations, we're not, you know, all these other groups. Um, but all of us are, in, every person on that call impacts the customer experience, right? So we're all salespeople in that respect. And so all of us are on that same call to make sure that we're all on the same page. Right. So I start the meeting off with we're sales organization. So we start with numbers. Right. That keeps everybody in the loop as to is it working or not? Is what we're doing as a team working? Right. Um, if not, why? If so, great. We can pat ourselves on the back. What can we do better? They'll give me a heads up usually and go, hey, I need 15 minutes in the meeting. I need 10 minutes here. I need whatever. Right. Some people won't have anything for several weeks and then all of a sudden they need 20 minutes because they've got some initiative or change in the way we're going to handle this with customer service or whatever. So that's that meeting, right? And that is very much intended to be everyone's the same page. When I first came to the company, what I found out is all of those different teams would set up different meetings with the salespeople. And so if, if a normal week was in, in theory, 40 hours, haha, if you're a salesperson, you haven't seen a 40 hour week in so long, you can't count, right? The only, the only time you work 40 hours a week is when it's a vacation week, right? But uh, um, they kept setting up meetings for salespeople to have to talk about a change in this policy or this plan or this issue or whatever. And so what I discovered when I first came in was my sales team didn't have 40 hours a week to sell. They had about 32 or 30 or whatever, because they were getting pulled into all this other stuff. And so I said, eh, eh, no way. They get paid to sell. We leave them alone so they can go sell. And so I said, you get this one meeting every two weeks. If there's something big, new product coming out and we're doing new product education, stuff like that's obviously, that's different, right? Yeah. But if it's but if it's something else, let's use another form of communication. Let's do it all in this one meeting and we'll do it all at the same time so that a change over here doesn't impact somebody over here going, whoa, 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 why didn't you guys tell me you were doing that? That impacts what we're doing. We got rid of all of that by just getting everybody in the virtual room once every two weeks. The other week, it's just me and the RSMs. And that's the 
that's the time that we work on getting better. So twice a month, we're talking about what's working, what's not, what should we be thinking about, what time of year. We have some things that are very seasonal. So we do a lot in education. So we're now, we're really focused on our 2023 activity, right? Which means we have to start going and working with all the schools in the fall of 22. So everybody's in the middle of installs right now because it's summer. But starting in September, man, we got to be going. So do we have the right partners identified? Do we have the right training? Do we have, we're working through all of that, right? And so we can talk through those times. Um, and then we kind of go from there. And then the other last thing I'll say is that my team will tell you that the first month of every quarter, I, I use more of their time. We'll have three or four meetings outside of our regular for special topics that we're working on, special things we're working on. And the second month of a quarter, we might have two or three hours. The third month, I don't touch them except for those once a week meetings. I'm on the phone with them individually as they need anything or as I'm reaching out to them. But I give them a lot of bandwidth. Just you focus on your channel, you focus on your pipeline, you focus on taking care of what you need to at that point. And then the beginning of the quarter, guess what? You get, you're stuck with me again for several hours and we're going to work through some things and then, and it's good. It works out really well for the team. It sounds like it. It's a very interesting process that you do and the methods of being able to just have everyone on one call to have, to be on the same page. And I really think that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but Michael, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate the insights and advice that you were able to share and bring to the table. I'm sure everyone else was able to take a few things from this conversation, and I'm happy to share this. And to all of you listening, thank you for being with us. Make sure to give us a rating and a review to let us know how we're doing, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Hey, thanks so much for checking out our episode today. I really hope you found it valuable and got some good takeaways from it. If you did, do me a favor, subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcasting app and leave a review to let us know how we're doing. If you'd like to learn more about Mission Suite, check us out at www.themissionsuite.com and there you'll find educational resources and information about our platform. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube and be a part of the conversation. And we'll be back soon. Cheers. Thank you.